Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something you know about me on this channel is I always share what I am doing in my business and something I am doing very recently because I can't find a lot of deals is I'm adding ADUs or other things to my properties. So uh, I'm going to bring back Paul Miller. How you doing, Paul? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Our connection is much better this time since uh, since our last <laughs> recording. I've upgraded my internet, so it should be much better for both of us. So, uh, all right, yeah. So, uh, so the first thing I want to talk about is you are helping me do my first ADU. I have a property uh, in Fresno that I've always thought was great. The house is back on the lot. It's built on the back. It's a corner lot. It just is like there should be a second home there. Even when I bought it ten or twelve years ago. Now with ADU rules, you you are helping me with that. So um, you want to want to kind of just remind people where we are at in the process, and then I'll show them what we've kind of remind of what what I've shown them before. Yeah, we've uh, submit the plans to the building department uh, for review, um, and uh, paid the fees uh, around four hundred dollars for plan review. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're looking at right now. They look at all the aspects, uh, you know, the architectural, structural, mechanical, electrical, plumbing. Uh, you know, it's a small project, so it's it's pretty simple mm -hmm. for them to review, um, and that's where that will eventually, once they have review it, they'll send us a notice that it's uh, has probably has back check comments. Um, okay. We'll address those, uh, resubmit it, and and then it would be ready to pull permits to build. Right. So let's remind people what we're building, just because I got lots of new viewers here. So let's share. Let's do. I'll do this one first, and I'll show two things. So. The first thing you did for me is you kind of sketched out the drawing. Do you remember uh, remember doing yeah. this, mm -hmm. right? Basically, again, I I came to you first and I said, "Hey, I got this lot." As everybody can see in the middle here, that's where the home is. It's way back on the lot. This is a main. This is a street. This is Safford. This is Pine, I guess. And it's like, hey, there should be another home. The first thing we did is I came to you and basically said, "How big a home could I build?" And you did this for me. And then I went out and did all the cost modeling, and I'm like. That's too big. It's not going to be the best return. And that's when you came back with this design. This is actually, I think, designed, um, or this is designed, what is a two-bedroom? Yeah, it's actually kind of a, 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 a tiny house uh, a duplex, but it becomes not a tiny house when you make it a, a two-unit item. Yeah. And then we offset it for aesthetics. And yeah. Uh, but it's still cost effective and, and looks pretty good. So Yeah, I think the answer, and we're going to talk about this in, in project number two, th this was in initially designed as a duplex, right? A small duplex, one bedroom, one bath, very efficient. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get this model out, but because we can only add one unit, we essentially knocked down that wall in the middle or created a hallway or whatever you want to call that. And now it's a two bedroom. That's essentially the story. Is that fair? Yep, that's it. Yeah, I just created an opening between the two. Yeah. And how big is this going to be roughly? I don't remember. Uh, um, Halves are 300 square feet. So 
I'm sorry, one um, more time. 300 each side? So 600? Yeah, okay. 600 total. Yep. Very, very cool. And again, that's something, again, it's going to, be, so roughly 600 square feet, it's going to be much, I'm going to get a nice return because I can likely rent this um, 600 square foot, some probably about a thousand to potentially $1,100 is, is my expectation once this is done. So uh, that's what I look forward to do. Uh, let me stop sharing this just because something else you did for me since we last recorded is you did, I don't know, what do you call this? Do you call this 3D modeling or what? I'm not sure really what this is. Um, yeah, that's a, a 3D model. Yeah. So again, we've, we're showing the offset What people are looking at this is like, hey, where's the other half of the house? It's kind of offset. You see the back sticking out. I really like that. Um, kind of the front door uh, living area. Again, um, just trying to show them what it could look like. Do we actually send stuff like this to the city or they just get architectural plans stuff? Uh, well, if you look at the kitchen, we, well, we won't, this would only be for presentation. The Got city it. doesn't really care about it, but something like this, they want to know your sink, your, your cooktop, your range, whatever, whatever mm -hmm. you're putting inside right. the, for uh, as appliances. They don't care about the furnishings, um, okay. things like that, but they do care about appliances because those use electricity or gas or things like that. So anything that, that uses power okay uh or gas um they, they want to know where to know that's what going it is. yeah yeah that makes sense okay all right just want to keep people up on this so again as i understand it paul um you've done the designs the architectural work we brought it to the city the city wanted some money we paid the fee whatever it's called tax fee whatever and now we just sit back and wait we probably wait 45 to 70 days 75 days something like that it depends on the you know time of year, the the year, the cycles, all that. But yeah, so, somewhere in that that okay. ballpark. So right now it's busy. It's summer, a lot of construction going on, so it's a longer time period. So just so we can try to, or at least I can understand and paint the vision for others who may start this. This comes back. They're going to have feedbacks or questions or whatever you want to call it. Clarifications. You're, yeah, clarification. You're going to make maybe make changes, maybe clarify. It goes back. I'm guessing that could in theory happen a couple of times. But at some point, they're going to give it the, I don't know, the rubber stamp or approved, or I'm not sure what it's called. And at that point, at that point, would we, in theory, be ready to break ground? Or is there something else after that? Nope, that would be when you can start, start building. Okay, very cool. All right, so that's where we are. Again, we're probably looking late November, December, given holidays. It wouldn't shock us, or at least it wouldn't shock me if it came back in January. But hopefully I can start building March of next year. Is that... Yeah, I think so. Well, one of the one of the things about doing an ADU is, that simplifies things is you can use the you know transform of the power from the main house and oh, cool. connect through there um, instead of having to bring in your own transformer, your own service, all the own things. Unless you wanted to separately meter it, then you bring in a separate meter. But that's separate. You can use the same transformer as your main house, so you Very you have cool. a lot of synergy with the existing residents uh, that that makes things easier, more cost effective. Very cool. Well, what I want to do now is I want to talk about, I've shared with you the address and property and all of that. So I, one of the properties I bought during the last crash sits on a huge, well, what I consider a huge lot. I guess it's not huge for some states, but it's 0.85 acres, I guess. It's an acre deep in 0.85 acres width, I guess. It's zoned R5 or RS5. RS5. RS5, which yeah. is medium density. Right now sits two homes. And I'm like, Paul. What are some options to build here? And, and uh, what I think I've heard from you, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is just with rough penciling, we're thinking maybe eight to 10 units kind of thing. 
Yeah, it's the 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 zone, the RS5 zone allows for 12 units per acre. So that'd right. be about 10 because it's okay. 0.58 acres. Yep. But it requires a conditional use permit, which as an as a, a separate process, it's a planning process, and neighbors get notified and and that brings a complication to the project. So so I so if I wanted to build eight units or anything like that, I have to go through the conditional use permit or CUP. If you want to use what's called multi, make it a multifamily housing product project on a single lot, that's required. Now you can divide it up into multiple lots, uh, and as long as they're thirty-five foot wide and have frontage on a street, you could have you could just you could break it down. That's allowed in the RS five uh, uh, zoning district, and uh, as long as you're Minimum lot size is four thousand square feet. Wow! So, so I in theory, so one of the options in theory is we. So there, I don't know what, how many, I don't know how many lots we could squeeze in given it's 0.85 wide. Because it's well, really I counted. Big. You could probably get ten, uh, ten oh, really? separate lots. Uh, you have to, you know, configuration all matters, and it's a long lot, and your road coming in, how wide that road needs to be, and okay. can you get the four thousand. Uh, minimum square footage, but um, that does divide up into 10 35 foot lots with a little bit left over. So okay. theoretically you could get that, but you know, things when you lay them out, they can change a bit, but you yeah. can certainly get eight. So. so let's talk about like, we're going to do eight. And so if we did eight single family homes, basically what I'm trying to do is I want to take what we're doing at uh, for the first property we looked at. And my whole theory is if I can find lots where I can build multiple of these, I could pay someone to build it off site right? Or configure, and then they just truck it in and they, you know. Would, would, be called a, would be called a modular home. Oh, okay. Modular home. I didn't even know it had a name. So that's yeah. my vision. I don't know if that makes sense. I think it's cheaper. Uh, I guess we'll find out when we go forward, but that's kind of my vision. Do you see that 600 square foot thing that we've just talked about being potentially something that could be we could have eight homes side by side on. on yeah, I, I definitely do. And I, uh, one of the, the reasons it was designed the way it was, the, the 300 square foot, you mm -hmm. know, that's the width that's, uh, that a building can be moved on a, on a street. Ah. So you could, you build the two halves and then connect them when you get there. You couldn't, you know, moving this, moving the whole thing, the whole duplex would right. require a house mover, which is a whole different permit, a whole different right. way. You got to close down streets. It's, it's really complicated. So, okay. Um, so in, so I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking that I was thinking you would move walls and at a time, what I think you're saying now is you could build half the house and then move it. And then you're just sticking it together, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, that's pretty. That's very cool. And uh, do you so, know and, people that and, do that? Or yeah, some people leave the walls. That's a, that's a tiny home. So yeah, some people okay. leave the, the wheels on. Yeah. Some people take the wheels off and, and just they put it on Fix a trailer right. and take it off and put it on a foundation. So yeah. there, there are different ways to do it. Yeah. So I'm thinking eight. I'm thinking eight, if not 10, nine, whatever it is. I, basically, I want to repeat what we're doing on the first property, on the next property. So is the best thing to do to do a lot, lot split? And then I guess several lot splits or whatever the right vernacular is. And then we just go through each lot. We go through this same process. Is that kind of how it works? Well, with that, um, with the multifamily on a single lot and the CUP process, you notify neighbors and neighbors typically don't like apartment yeah. buildings in their neighborhood. So of course. that, you know, you have to deal with that. So uh, by splitting the lots and doing single family homes, it's allowed by right uh, okay. once you split the lots. So that simplifies that process. So you can okay. just do that. You don't go through any kind of planning process. So, so, okay. So I own it today. I've owned it for a long time. As you know, today, two houses sit on it. 
if I was going to do the lot split, would I have to scrape those two houses first? No, you would create a lot for those houses and or two lots, whatever. Yeah. As long as you have your setbacks, uh, setback meet your setback requirements, and then you create lots out of it with the remainder. That's typically they call uh, it a remainder. So so okay, because I'm just concerned that where those two lots are positioned, they may consume. I don't know. I guess we have to go do the math, right? Mm -hmm. So. So there is a way that we could keep those houses built on the sides of them in theory, or but let's say they're not, let's just say they've been planted in the wrong spot and, and the, where they're sitting, they consume three lots. And then I can, I can't add anything just given where they are in order to do a lot split. Then do I have to remove them first? No, you don't have to, uh, you know, you can leave them as, as long as they meet, when you split the lot, you have to put the lot, lot lines. Uh -huh. Uh, outside of the setback area required okay. for the house. As long as you do that, you, you can do whatever you want with the house. Yeah, because what I'm thinking, and again, I don't know if it's, well, basically I want to take the lot, I want to do the lot, the lot spilling process. Once that's done, and I know I can build eight or nine or 10, then I will scrape what's there because they're just old and tired. And again, I want to do eight of the same, just, or nine of the same and just, just chunk them out. Well, there. you, well, the one, uh, I guess a wrinkle in that is if mm -hmm. you split the lots with the houses there, you have to meet the, those setback requirements, which might not fit into your overall plan. Okay. So you might want to scrape them first so that you can put the lot lines exactly where you want them and don't have Got to worry it. about the existing housing house setbacks. All right. So, in, so basically, we do need to get out there. I, I don't know. Who would I pay to do the math? Or is that a zoning person? I, I, again, my first time, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I, I can lay that all out. Um, okay. But typically you would hire a civil, a civil engineer or surveyor to survey the lot. And that's the person that would do the actual lot line adjustment. I, I would not do that. That okay. civil engineer does that. But you could pencil, uh, but you could I, pencil But out. I can do layouts and, and give you the sizes that would, okay. would, would fit. So. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we just, uh, just right here, this is recording. Why don't we just start another work order or project or whatever it is? I, I want to, I guess I need to know because I think the lot splits the easier answer. I, I think going conditional use permit is slow and painful. Sounds like a lot split is easy and I have the right as the owner to do that. Um, mm. So I think we need to see just how many houses we could do on this property. And so that, that street right now is a dirt street. And so you'd be paving it and you'd be doing all the improvements and probably might require uh, sidewalks. You're aware of all of those. Well, I don't know. I No, so there's, I mean, it's... Um, I guess, yeah, the, the parking, uh, there's, it's a street and then there's just dirt and there's five or six other lots around me. Right. Um, and there's some houses and some empty lots um, yeah. in that area. Yeah. So lots coming from, I don't know, from 99, I actually don't know what that street is. That's all dirt. And then like two houses deeper, then it just turns sidewalk. Yeah. There's a little, cause it mm -hmm. used to be commercial, right? There used to be a, uh, I don't know, a flower garden or something across the street, which is now gone. Um, they were dumb. They dominated the footprint for the longest time. So, yeah, I guess I need, so I didn't know that I didn't know I'd be responsible because it would be weird for me to put sidewalks in when I don't own the houses this way or the houses that way. Well, I'm talking about it, you know, in front of the houses. Oh yeah. Um, and, and it all depends on the, the local, the specific plan for that area, you know, what they require for sidewalks. Okay. Um, but typically, um, the developer um, provides for accessibility and, sure. and, and accessibility is a big deal. 
So uh, typically a, a sidewalk will be provided soon. So how, that, that's a good question. One of the things I thought about if we were gonna do eight houses there, can we do, I mean, do I have to build a carport for each of them? Cause then that get like, how do you well, get a car in there? They have to have covered parking. Um, okay, so, so it would have to be in the front. Cause that's something. the only way and I, this specific, some, some, some areas require even garages, but, uh, but at least covered parking is pretty much required around the city, I believe. So. Yeah. So the only thing we'd have to do there is we'd build a carport in front and then a, you know, a, a walkway or whatever to the house. That's the only thing I could see making sense. Cause there's an, yeah. uh, there's an alley between me and my neighbor to the right um, that I don't think is generally used. Yeah, we did. Uh, I did a project in uh, Lowell in the Lowell neighborhood. Yeah, I know Lowell. It was uh, it was through the RDA when the RDA was still around, and they they um, renovated a just a dilapidated house, and it looks really nice now. And we just we built a car a car a carport right directly adjacent to it. Okay. And that that met their requirements, so it worked out all right. It's you know it's not easy to get in and in and out. It's really tight, but it meets minimum it's, requirements. <laughs> but if you could put it in a place that yeah. allows you to get in and out it's better so yeah no i think right in front again it's it's a deep lot i mean that's where yeah. the four thousand. so again carports right in front uh and, and housing in the back so uh, that's what i'm thinking about doing i think it's the right thing to do uh i can't find any deals right now out there so i might as well see if i could take an asset i already own and and make a better return so i think we need to do a second job uh you know at least figure out what's possible there and again um I just I, and I can I can give you schematics which I do a lot. I, typically, I like to have a survey of of the properties exactly where they are in relation to the property lines and mm -hmm. on the site. But I can use Google Maps or site visits and create a ba basic plan, giving you a good idea of what you're looking at and setback requirements. That'd be like great. That. I think that's I think that's what we need to do. Because um, again, I think it's, I've always known that that property should be used for more than two, you know, hundred year old homes or eighty year old homes. So this this would be a good opportunity yeah. to do some some more good again you know take two rentals and make eight or ten again there's a housing shortage so uh, this is well, my in, attempt. Uh, infill properties are it's I, I you know I I love infill you know it's it's you know instead of you know sprawling out you know sprawling the city bigger and bigger it's better for all of us it reduces our taxes so we don't have to take services out to you know farther and farther out in the city and more water usage and all kinds of things that go along with that so yeah. infill as much as you can do the better yeah so if somebody is in, a lot of my channel watches um because they're in fresno that's where my you know experience is a lot of california investors if somebody wanted to reach out to you and engage your firm to do some design and work like i am how do you want them to do that i can visit my website vernalgroup.com or thevernalgroup.com and uh there's a there's a submittal page on there and you can ask any question it comes right to my email and, and give me your contact information i'll get right back to you and again, thevernalgroup.com. Yeah, or vernalgroup.com. Either one. Are. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, Paul, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for what you're doing on the first one. I look forward to seeing what we can do on the second one. All right. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks, buddy.